Hello, now welcome to the show. Just before we crack on, I just want to double check. Do you want to get confident on camera, be irresistible to those you're talking to and speak online with confidence and ease? Well, grab my new online course, Calm On Camera, the pre-recorded series now. Over the course of four sessions, we'll be really getting clear on why it is that you're showing up online and how to do it in a way that works for you. So head to amylayton.teachable.com and enter the promo code IRRESISTIBLEPRESENCE for 10% off now. Hello, welcome back to this week's episode of Irresistible Presence. Now, I have with me Sarah Dalrymple, and Sarah teaches creatives, female founders, and business owners how to sell with confidence. Her focus is on on unlocking the natural styles we all have within us that centers around integrity and value so that you can sell in a way that feels natural, effortless, and gets brilliant results. I think it's pretty fair to say, I don't know about you, but a lot of, um, certainly me in particular, selling makes me feel so icky. So I think this is going to be such a useful conversation and I'm so excited to chat. Hey, Sarah. Hello, hello. Oh, so nice to be here. Thanks. So nice to chat to you. So nice to chat. And yeah, as I say, I think this is going to be so valuable, um, not only for me, from a selfish point of view, but also for everybody <laughs> too. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Me now, wait. Um, Sarah, there are a few things I need to ask you. Okay, we're going to get into, get into, we're gonna get into the actual conversation in a little bit, but... <laughs> I've got a few questions because, you know, priorities and all that. I've got a few questions that I'm going to ask you um, just to find out a little bit more about you away from the work stuff. All right. Are you ready? I like the sound of this. Okay. Hit me. (laughs) Sarah looks absolutely terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Busted. Um, Okay. Question number one. I'm really, I'm really. Um, You're really dragging this out. Come on. <laughs> Question number one: Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Oh. oh, that's just a blanket question. Complete sentence. Right. Well, I've got a couple of caveats if, if that's okay. okay. I don't like breakfast, so I'm not going to say breakfast unless I'm on holiday in a lovely hotel that has a dreamy. Like I love a breakfast buffet. So, like you know. And that could be, I mean, anywhere, pretty much anywhere in the world. If I'm staying in a hotel, I've got to have the breakfast and I could probably eat my breakfast, lunch and dinner just at the breakfast. Like, you know, like, you know, when you go to Asia and they have amazing, I mean, I'm really going off on one. So it's like, oh, no, I love it. We're here, so I'm going to do it. Um, yeah, in Asia, the breakfast buffets, we're talking pad thai, we're talking eggs, pancakes, you know, the savoury and the sweet, everything, just everything, not your average breakfast. Then I would say breakfast if I was on okay. holiday. Okay. But every day, like, you know, Monday to Friday, your, your cereal, your toast, you, no, I'm not into it. I don't eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. I don't eat breakfast unless I'm on holiday. So not okay. breakfast. Okay. Um, and that's not even answering the question, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I loved it. Um, you know what? I've never had pad thai for breakfast. Is it good? Well, you haven't lived. I'll tell you. <laughs> you haven't lived until you've had the full Asian breakfast experience. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm missing out. Oh, one day. when we can travel again. You can add that to your kind of dream, you know, bucket list situation. You'll know. You'll know when you know. Um, 
So I'm going to say dinner, I think. Yeah, I'm okay. just going to go, go dinner, <laughs> having okay. gone off on a breakfast tangent. Okay, all right. Okay, so we, we've we learnt that uh, breakfast is normally a no-no. The mm. total cereal. Everyday breakfast is a no-no. Mm-hmm. Okay, however, if you're on holiday specifically in Asia, well, a specifically in Asia, we could be just, oh, in right. the, you know, Cotswolds, lovely, like, you know, just night away. They also do a very good breakfast. I can't say no. It's <laughs> <laughs> different breakfast. No, any country, anywhere, just not at home every day. Okay, all right, great. I love that. Okay, so breakfast buffet, mm-hmm. but on a day to day basis, dinner. Yes. Okay, love it. So, what would be then your dinner of choice? If you're at home, you've got full reign of what it is that you cook that oh, evening. Gosh. Okay. So, the first thing you might need to know about me is that I don't like to choose just one thing, as you might already be able to tell from my <laughs> breakfast answer. However, I'll try. Um, so, I'm half Lebanese, my dad's Lebanese, and so. We like a meze. We like a meze spread. That doesn't have to be, you know, uniquely Lebanese. It could just be, you know, you know when you go out for dinner? Remember that? Remember we could just go out for dinner? Yeah. I really don't like when you're in a place and you've just got to choose, like, one thing. That is just really deeply distressing to me. I like to share. I like to get a few different things. Like, me and my friends might often get, like, you know, a few of our favourite-looking mains and we'll just share them. And I'm really Mm. great at that. I could never like really get like super close with someone who doesn't like to share their food mm. so I think okay. I'm gonna just say generically a meze spread a meze spread okay okay all right then so as your third question then <laughs> what would be in that meze spread now this is difficult this is what I was hoping <laughs> you were never ever gonna ask me because choices oh my goodness Okay, well, we'll start with, you know, there would be a few nice, you know, fresh, you know, hummus and tzatziki and the breads and the salad and, you know, nice little nibbly bits like that. But I don't think I'm going to keep it limited to like Lebanese bits. I think we're going to have to also put in, I mean, because I can have anything, right? This is like my last supper. This is whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Well, this is probably now going to last longer than you thought. I'll try and keep it succinct. (laughs) Probably there'll be some delicious kind of... it'd be mostly vegetarian not bothered about mm-hmm. meaty things so mm-hmm. really delicious like maybe some risotto you know like rice balls arancini oh, vegetarian yeah. italian kind of domain a little mm-hmm. bit loads of different lovely salads with like lovely zingy sauces i just mm-hmm. like a big old plate of food but it needs mm-hmm. to all be like made up of different delicious things so oh, i think you know okay. I think, yeah oh I love that. Do you know what the danger of this podcast is? It makes me so hungry. (laughs) I know. I mean, don't get me talking about food. I mean, it's a little bit late now. But yeah, I really do love, I love a spread, a feast. Mm. I don't like traditional, just like one meal. I like, Mm. you know, a big old feast. It's probably why I like dinner the most, because you can Mm. save up all day your appetite and then just go big on a nice feast, bringing people together. That's the dream. Yes. Yes. What happens though? Okay, sorry, this is completely off. <laughs> I'm all good. I'm very um, happy with this topic. Because I am I am exactly the same as you. Like I love a spread, I love sharing, you know, the the day that me and my fiance go out to a restaurant or we get a takeaway and he's like, No, I don't want to share is a really sad day. Um so what happens if you're out with a group of friends 
let's say, okay. Mm-hmm. And one friend says, no, I don't want to share. Well, this is what I mean. I'm just not sure. I can't really trust that. I just don't really trust people who don't want to share food because it just, it does not fit in with my ethos. I mean, that's an honest answer to an honest question. I, You've got to be shared. I mean, listen, I'm not saying in this new COVID, post-COVID world that sharing food is, you know, it's that maybe we have to draw up some new boundaries now. However, my people are people who love to share all the food all the food and if it means we have to order more so like I had to teach my husband this when I first met my husband he was not a sharer and I was like it does sound dramatic but it is going to be a deal a deal breaker pal so if you want to be friend zoned you are heading that way or if you want to come into the group because what his thing was he's always like he gets so hungry he's like listen it's really difficult for me to like share food with a girl because I'm really hungry so then I was like well yeah but that just means we need to order more food so that we can deal with your appetite but also my whimsical like bit of this bit of that kind of approach to eating so we got there it's fine we're still married it's all good 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 (laughs) which actually up the last year is quite something (laughs) all right brilliant okay so breakfast buffet dinner spread and cheese balls Mm. lots of different things yeah yeah sounds great I mean, if, if we're being really specific, just as I'm thinking about this, if there was like a lunch slash dinner equivalent to brunch, like yeah. I'm not worried about brunch really, if there could be like yeah. a mid-afternoon, we're talking like 4 or 5 p.m., that is my that is my ideal. If I could only have one meal, it would be at like 4 or 5 o'clock. It'd be like the afternoon equivalent of brunch. So sort of mid-morning, mm-hmm. it'd be like yes. big old feast, nice and, you know, yeah. have that table up, go to town, and then, yeah, don't like to eat you know a big feast really late at night that's the other yeah thing. Yeah. yeah and then you can get that digestion sorted and yeah. then you can go to bed happy correct yeah that's <laughs> love dream. It. that's a star of like my dream scenario meal mm-hmm. I love it and do you know what actually thinking about it that's the time where you're most likely to be able to get an appointment or a res- an appointment a reservation <laughs> out of the game yeah <laughs> um that's that I mean surely four and five o'clock isn't a time that's fairly full in a restaurant. So well, that is a problem. I mean, we might be going too far down this road, but I also need there to be the atmosphere is key. So don't oh. put me in an if, if we're eating out, we need, you know, the atmos is key. So it's not gonna work if nobody else in the restaurant is, you know, eating at that time. I don't want to be around people like clearing down the tables and, you know, shift change. No. Has anyone okay. else answered this question this thoroughly before? I, I mean, no, I love it. I am for it. I am here for this. Really. Can you tell I miss? I'm just missing. Yeah, I miss all that. Oh my goodness. One day, one day one soon. One day, we'll get back there. Yeah. <laughs> one day soon. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. So. I feel I feel like Sarah, we know you in a lot more detail already. That's what you wanted, right? I mean <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we've heard about your food preferences. We've heard the official bio about who you are. But would you like a, uh, would you like to give us a little bit of insight into, in your own words, who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um I mean, the, thanks for reading out the bio so so succinctly. I was like nodding along, you probably could see. But basically what it comes down to is my clients are mostly all women, right? Women in business who have a 
real fear, real like palpable fear of self-promoting, selling, whatever you want to call it, putting themselves out there. And I get it. It's a thing for so many of us. The way that we were brought up, the way the world is, it's just not something that comes naturally to us. However, Mm. um, I also think that for a really long time, selling has been done in a certain way that I don't personally think is like good in inverted commas. So we also have a really warped idea of what it means to sell. Um, So my own personal view on selling is that it's absolutely essential in business. So women in business, we need to stop like using that whole I'm just afraid thing, the wall is up thing, because it's keeping us small. And I, for lots of different reasons, which we may or may not get into in this podcast, really, really, really am on a mission to help more women in business stop keeping themselves small. We've got to get away from this, like, you know, gender pay gap situation, all the patriarchy vibes, all of that stuff is really like old hat now. And I'm on a mission to just help people have that confidence so they can make more money, they can access more choices, they can make the positive change they want, they can live the lives they want. And it all kind of starts with just being able to accept that you can do it however you want and you can do it in a way that feels really good for you and you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do but selling itself is not optional in business it's got to be done or there is no business that is so refreshing so refreshing to hear you talk about selling in such a just an honest passionate way and it it not feeling because I know certainly a lot of people that I've worked with in the past have had this feeling around selling that it's really icky and it's really awkward and you know I think a lot of us have felt that oh 100 me included okay so I the first 10 years of my career was uh working in in investment banking in the city in sales Mm -hmm. in a heftily male-dominated environment I have Mm -hmm. seen all of the icky pushy full-on sales techniques and Mm -hmm. I've been told all of the kind of I don't know, like I would say outdated, outdated ways to, that you should sell. Um, but I also know that is just a complete load of BS at the end of the day. That's just, mm. you know, just a thing that's been handed down from the 80s, I think. 80s Wall Street, mm. maybe. Or like, yeah. Um, so, yes, I do think when I when I left the city and started my own business seven years ago, I really have no, I mean, the online world, the online business world is so different in lots of ways to working in the city. Uh, yes, it, there are a lot, there are more women, which is great. Uh, and that's what I'm here for. But also, I think it also can feel a bit like the Wild West uh, in lots of ways, especially when it comes to selling. And there are all these people that will tell you, if you want to sell, you must do this and you've got to do that. And I'm the guru and follow me and do it like this or you're you're done for. And I really just felt that we need an alternative to that narrative. That narrative is not true. It really isn't. Um, so that is really what I'm here. Yeah, I'm here to do because I just can't watch any more of this one you know it's not it's never for one way is never for everyone so anyone that tries to tell you that you have to do it in a certain way it's yeah it's just not it's just not true yeah yeah and I think I mean a lot of a lot of the work that I do is obviously around confidence and that feeds in directly to what you do around sales and visibility and being able to put your stuff out there and It's interesting that you touched on that feeling of kind of 80s Wall Street, icky sales tactics, push, 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 (laughs) um, get in people's faces, you know, sell, 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 sell. And I think 
there is a an old perception that I think has lingered with us of really brash confidence kind of really I wish people could see the face <laughs> <they're right> <laughs> really like gnarly gnarly like sales yeah. technique and I think you know that there is a real opportunity for that mindset to change around confidence and actually what it it does mean to sell now in a way that as you're saying does work for us and it's not just you know exit gurus way yeah, or the I mean if you naturally resonate resonate with being like that way then knock yourself out but that's not most of us I mean mm. most of us are not here to ram something down somebody's throat at all costs and not care about whether they want it or not I mean that is not what most people set up their businesses for we actually have to come at it from a, you know that value that value place and being okay with showing our integrity and understanding how actually crucially important that is for our audience and our clients to see and if we're not you know embracing this the selling piece having a process that really walks people through who we're for why we're there how we can help them fully understanding that most people on the internet are just just really overwhelmed bombarded with you know noise we need to help them and we need to show that even before they trap you know pay any money to us we we actually care about them making the right decision for them whether or not that is what we want but you know we don't want people to buy anything unless they're super enthusiastic I mean I personally don't right like we don't want that so that old narrative of like buy 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 sell 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 like just take their money I mean that is just not going to work here that is just not going to work because I don't know about you, but I'm sure like most of your listeners, most people that are listening to this podcast only want to work with people who they genuinely feel like thrilled and delighted to work with. Like, We need that energy to stay positive, to be, you know, fully rewarding on both sides. All of that time and energy we put into what we're doing is so important to protect and only work with the people who are like, you know, grade A, top draw, people that feel like mates, right? Yeah. How do we do that? We do that by having a really robust sales process that feels amazing, natural, does not make us kind of hide, like want to hide or freak out, but that actually is something we can get up and do again and again and again. Mm. So what what does what does confidence mean to you around I mean both personally and professionally around this idea of selling and around this idea of putting yourself out there? What does it mean for you? Um yeah, I mean, this is a big question, and I'm going to try not to um, <laughs> go off in like ten different directions. But personally, and I'm almost forty now, and get creeping. I'm creeping towards forty faster than I would like. But when I think back to how things were at school, and it was a, for me, it was a girls' school, right? So we were all about. Well, my school was all about women can do anything that men can do like go out there and like don't think that you can't get these jobs or whatever but looking back on it it wasn't necessarily I think it was trying to be a positive mindset but it wasn't necessarily saying find what you love and do that it was actually mm-hmm. saying be a doctor be a lawyer be a banker because you know that's those are the good jobs uh or whatever um it was a really long time before I actually sat down and thought like what do I actually want to do like what do I actually love doing so I sort of found myself doing and it was because of a lack of confidence just to come back to the confidence point it was because I I don't think I had enough confidence in my own thought processes to think now I'm not going to do any of those things I'm going to do this I just didn't have the confidence or the tools or 
at that age to kind of think. So to answer the question of what confidence means, personally, to me, it means being able to find your place and follow whatever path that means in order to like do the things that you want to do and not trying to sort of fulfill other people's expectations maybe of what success means or what you should be doing or all of that sort of baggage that kind of gets piled on Mm. when you're younger and it also means um not keep just coming back to not keeping yourself small so like I think sometimes a lack of confidence is really it's got such a lot to answer for for all the sort of decisions that we make or we don't make or the ideas that we have that we don't act on or not being able to charge our worth or not feeling like we are worthy to do this that or the other that we see other people doing so really it's about yeah knowing what we want to be doing and sort of having that self-conviction I think self-belief to Mm. find your own version of success and then go for it Mm. I love that I love that. So how how did you then get to, how did you get from the point where you had that lack of confidence and you weren't quite sure and, you know, there was that feeling of um, kind of holding yourself back? How well, did I didn't you- know I was holding myself back. I think I was yeah. just a people pleaser. I think, like, when I was younger, I don't even know when this stopped, but it definitely did. I just didn't really, I was one of those kids that didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't know. Like, I'd sometimes have these ideas like, oh, I think I want to be a journalist. And I'd quickly be, like, told, well, and this sounds really negative, and it wasn't. My parents just really wanted, like, me to have, like, a safe job or, you know, like, a stable job or whatever. So they were like, oh, don't be, like, that's really difficult to, like, do well in because, you know, it's not very. So I think, I think, I sort of people pleased instead I was like well if I don't really know what I want to do I'll just do what they want me to do or so I did an economics degree which you know looking back is absolutely bonkers because my least favorite subjects at school were math well my least favorite subject was math and I didn't even do economics at school <laughs> I don't know what I was doing just rocked up at uni and was like hey I'm here for my economics wow. um and so anyway what do you do with an economics degree you end up working in banking that's what happened mm-hmm. And I think only only after really quite a lot of years there, I was definitely the person that was kind of, look, here I am. I'm going to just work my I'm just going to work hard and I'm going to be really great at this. And it's going to be amazing. and I'm going to get paid loads of money and I'm going to get all the like rewards and, you know, promotions and all the things. And people are just going to know, you know, how good I am. And I, I think it took me a really long time to know that keeping your head down and doing a great job is not enough to mm. feel fulfilled I remember thinking oh, the next when I get promoted to this level then I'll feel amazing or when I get this amount of money I'll feel amazing every time I'd like hit all these milestones and I just like I still didn't feel amazing <laughs> I actually mm. been, and because it was also a real melting pot of e- male egos and male kind of I don't know behavioral traits which generally don't include looking at people that are doing the best work and paying them what they're worth actually just being like mm. oh I think that really took its toll on me. And in the end, mm. it's like, okay, it is definitely time to figure out what it is that I don't love about this situation and find mm. something that is going to make me feel good. But I was well in, I was in my, thir- I was 30 by then. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. And then you said that your business has been running for seven years. Yeah. So I left um, my banking, my sales job. Mm-hmm. Um might it have been seven or eight years ago eight years ago it must have been because I then spent a year retraining as a photographer um which is quite um 
I mean, at that point, it could have been anything because it was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I'm selling all this stuff and I'm like hitting these seven figure targets. I'm like generating all this money for this bank. Imagine that what I could do if I actually found something I love and sold that instead. And at the time, I was like, well, I love, I mean, it kind of could have been anything in all honesty. I was like, I like taking photos. I've always liked taking photos. I'm not a photog- I wasn't a photographer then. But I was like, I need a proper course, I need to train, I need to understand all the things, blah, 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 set up as a mm. photographer a year later and spent, I mean, I still I still do some photography now, but I spent a good five years happily being a wedding photographer, family photographer, um, once I'd like retrained. But yeah, I think in all honesty, it kind of could have been, at one point I was like, maybe I could make bake cakes, <laughs> like have a business making cakes. It was more like, I like selling. I just don't know like what next to sell. I'll just sell something I like because that will make me feel good versus this like, you know, really grey environment that I work in before. Um, so that's how I left. That was my exit route, my route out of my safe, you know, well-paid career into being a business owner. Got you. So you touched on earlier your mission mm-hmm. to really um, propel your work forwards and to keep that real drive for you when you're working with women. Mm. What is that? What is your real driving force behind that? So it's it's really about, I don't want to make this just about money, but I think it's again and again every single point of my life as I say I've seen all these like brilliant amazing talented fantastic women whether that was around me as colleagues in the city or like since then through photography um Mm. I've connected with so many fantastic people and it's just that common theme of like oh no I couldn't possibly do that or oh no keeping themselves limited really limited and as I've got older, it's become more and more of a burning thing to just stop this narrative of like women playing second fiddle to, well, men, basically. I'm So I would say that my bigger mission really is to help more women make more money every day, because I think it all kind of starts with that. First of all, that self-belief that, you know, why why should we accept earning less than and that was my story in the city of just earning a lot less than the men in my team, even though I was earning more for the bank you see what I mean um so it's about money but not for money's sake but money so that you can access those choices because really when it when it you know when all said and done money is just being able to access more choices right make more decisions having a seat at the table in higher up places not having to make choices out of financial scarcity which so many women have to do Mm -hmm. but I think like we all have amazing skills talents expertise and when you kind of cut through that uh, fear of putting those things out there and giving them to the people who really want them specifically and telling your stories and all that stuff, that's when you access more money, more choices, more positive change, all of that stuff. So, yeah, it starts with money, but it ends with, you know, building that safety blanket and feeling like you don't have to take jobs because you just need the money, but actually having the kind of confidence again coming back to confidence to mm-hmm. do what you know is your you know proper work your real work the things that you know make you feel alive so when people when people come to you and they go Sarah mm. I need your help say sales selling ugh. is yeah. there a is there a typical thing that they come saying that they need help with is there a typical situation that they tend to be in 
or does it completely vary from um, person to person? I think there are definitely some common themes. Common themes are, well, common themes include being absolutely terrified of doing it, first and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, or at least being afraid of being perceived as some of those negative stereotypes that we've talked about, mm-hmm. being like mm-hmm. a full-on like extroverted nightmare all of a sudden. If that doesn't re- resonate mm-hmm. with your personality, then, of course, that is going to be terrifying as a prospect. Mm-hmm. But it's also not knowing like what to do. Where so, so like, okay, I don't want to do it like that, but I just don't know what how to do it. So, you know, I will typically work with people who have had have had success in their business for sure, but that are ready for that next level, next step, and they just don't really know how to get there. And then when we get into like how they're feeling about selling, that is where there's just a gaping hole. So it's building confidence to be able to like you know shoulders drop be calm you know feel that level of calmness and actually have the clarity of the exact steps that they need in order to get from where they are to where they're trying to get next so it's a combination of you know mindset work strategy actual you know step by step let's sit down and work backwards like where do you want to be what are you offering what are your products and services what's going well what's not and actually working the steps back to how to get there because that in itself it's just not happening in so many businesses. And I think just where we think about where we are right now at the start of 2021, I think there's like, I've seen some bonkers statistics recently about how many new entrepreneurs are coming, you know, people are setting up their own businesses, more people every day, more women, which is amazing. Really? Wow. I mean, of course, I'm like such a champion of that. But I think back to when I left my kind of office job or whatever, where so many people leaving like one career and going into another one, whether that's because they've had children or they've had enough or COVID or they've lost their jobs or whatever. Brilliant to set up a new business. Of course, fantastic. But if you don't know how to sell, you're instantly keeping the brakes on that success, yeah, that success path. And I think mm-hmm. it's just a lot of, um, right, what do I need to set up a business? Okay, I need a website. I need a logo. I need yeah. something to sell. Yeah. Off I go. I need some photos. Yeah. Whatever. Off yeah. I go. But actually, what you what you arguably need before you've got any of that is some, you know, some simple essential things that you need to know about selling that make you feel good, so that you can actually. Because we don't need a website to sell anymore, right? We've all got social media. Of course, it's yeah. great to have one and get there. Absolutely, when you can pay for it, when you can afford it. But first of all, from a business perspective, let's get you confident selling. So yeah, um, that's a combination of new people coming into the market who need some kind of simple step-by-step stuff. And then it's the established businesses who are having really good success, but they want great. They're ready for great. Next level, mm-hmm. they are looking to really ramp up that sort of sales confidence, sales knowledge to get there. <clears throat> I really like what you're saying in terms of looking at the selling stuff right at the beginning Mm. because I think there's you know I am thinking from my own experience as well when I launched my business I'd got um I've got the website I've got the pictures I've got the logo I had everything ready to go Mm. the website launched and I went where are my clients they're just gonna come right nobody told me nobody like I, I I was never taught business mindset Mm. and that I had to go out and sell and when people said oh you need to go out and sell I had that 80s kind of push 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 feeling and so I was like no I don't I don't want to do that Mm, so actually I love what you're saying in terms of doing it right at the beginning 
And then I guess the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Well, 100% true of everything, right? Mm. The more you do it, the Mm. easier it becomes. But also, Mm. let's not do anything that we don't like. I mean, let's Mm. just find a way to do it in a way that we do like, or at least don't hate, (laughs) maybe. Because, you know, as with the work that you do, with helping people get confident, get camera confident, get confident online, I mean, maybe no one's ever going to say, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely desperate to, like, put my first video out there. But if it's the – you look at all the other ways you can do it, and that's the one that seems to suit your personality best – how can we start and get better from there um or at least making those informed decisions about what are you doing that's going to get you mm. clients and mm. if it's nothing then you know let's think about how we can you know because this okay this is the other thing i want to say is this is never about this is not about becoming like the world's best salesperson like mm. you know, nobody no business owner needs to be worried about like being the best salesperson in the whole wide world what we need you know if you think about however crowded or you know noisy in my seam online I don't know exactly how many people I'd go a good 75 80 percent have not got a clue how to sell and aren't selling and actually aren't selling as much as what they want to be selling right so if all you can do if if you just can start with trying to get one percent better or more knowledgeable or more informed about how you can be selling your stuff and by selling I don't mean doing any of that like you know nightmarish um (laughs) bro marketer stuff I mean getting your amazing fabulous thing that you know you're so passionate about that you set a business up about it in the, in front of the people who actually really need it and want it and will be delighted to buy it from you if only they could find you mm. let's just try and get a tiny bit better at that and then you know then you can do the next thing and then you can do the next thing so um yeah I think it, it's this is it's this notion that you've got to be a certain sort of personality to sell yeah. And actually anyone can sell. Anyone can sell. You just need a plan. You need to know what you're doing and you need to just, you know, take it one step at a time. Um, mm. And actually in a in a solopreneur world, unless you've got like a huge team of people and you can employ some salespeople to do it, if you don't do it, no one's going to know. As in, no one's going to know about you. No one's going to find you. So you have to, you're the best mm. person to do it. You're the enthusiast. You know, we're, we're all super enthusiastic at what we're doing. We've just got to be able to communicate that enthusiasm that enthusiasm um in a way that helps our you know our audience understand Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that I love that that is such a good tip and it's so true you know you quite often see these amazing businesses doing fantastically well and you know there's one person who's fronting the business but actually it's really easy to forget that behind them they've got several people who are yeah. responsible for doing their social media who's responsible for writing their copy who's responsible for doing this and that and the other and they're editing and yada 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 but actually you're completely right if it's just us it can feel it. really overwhelming and also like just on that point to feel like you need all of that stuff from day one is also mm-hmm. not true yeah because you, re- you still have to be able to tell those people how to sell like how you want them to sell your stuff so step one is always like how do you want to talk about what it is that you're doing um how are you going to help people like be clipped like how are we going to qualify our leads because also that's it like I said we don't want to be taking on clients that maybe aren't quite right for us don't be coming at it from a place of desperation that's also like a massive turn off right like nobody wants to be sold out from a place of desperation so we need that confidence again we need the confidence and we need to be like we need to be um sorry absolutely clear in the fact that we are only going to be working with people who have this specific problem and then we can get them this specific result so there's always also like a big piece about 
not trying to please everyone. Please don't try to please everyone because, you know, we don't, you put your average person on the street doesn't want a jack of all trades. We want mm. an expert in something specific. So what is your thing? And let's get into that so that people can really, you know, feel connected to that. Mm. I am so pleased you said that because you know what I was actually having this exact conversation with my other half this morning and he was saying oh you know you need to make everything really general so it really fits to everybody so it widens your audience and I just turned around to him and I went I don't agree yeah (laughs) I don't agree I'm not I'm not doing that because actually you know I want to to put my wording out there and I want to make my marketing specific to the people that I want to work with. Mm. And I want to do it from a values-based place. Yes. As opposed to attracting loads of people that I'm really going to hate working with and it's going to feel really icky. And then and then there's another reason for me, you know, not liking my work or whatever. So yeah, which doesn't make any sense. If your if your name's above the door, you've got to make out the work that you love doing and the people that you love working with. And only when you've like literally exhausted that whole pool, which by the way, probably never happens, Mm -hmm. only then would you ever think about widening the net. So I think that's a really common one, isn't it? People are like, well, how can I get more niche if I'm not yet bursting at the seams with clients? Well, that's how you get more. That's how you get more clients. Get more niche and be more clear about that niche, mm-hmm. um, so that those people are like, oh, meerkat, hello, this, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Um, yeah, bit like everything, it's a process, right? You're never getting from like zero to a hundred overnight. So I think, yeah everyone gets there in their own time yep yeah absolutely absolutely my gosh you are just full of wisdom and tips and it is so nice to hear someone talk about like let's just strip all that jargon back let's just strip back let's come back to you let's come back to you um so I feel like I feel like you personally have been on and it sounds as though you've been on such a journey with this stuff yourself yeah and it also sounds like you help so many people and all your clients to to do the same too so what is looking back then at everything we've discussed today what is one thing that you would tell your younger self Oh, only one thing. Do you know nothing about right now? <laughs> <laughs> it again. Okay, I'll try. I'll try. I can't promise. We'll have a selection of different <laughs> things. A, a little message. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try that. Um, I think, okay, I think believe in yourself. Like, tr- find what you love. Do what you I wish, I hope, like these days in schools, they're teaching kids to do what they love like nobody taught me that even in like the the girls school you know with all the bells and whistles nobody ever said like find what you love and just do that it's so simple um so I think I would definitely say like trust it'll all work out find what you love trust it'll all work out that's it like because I went really around the houses trying to like please other people and be successful in inverted commas and actually if I would have just been like I really like helping people or like doing things you know making things really you know easy for people to understand like if I'd have got there sooner I think um well actually I'm not going to regret anything we don't do that but yeah trust it'll work out is probably in a succinct that's as succinct as I can get (laughs) 
I love it. I love it. I will be asking for notes afterwards. <laughs> um, amazing. Um, so Sarah, where can we find out more about you? Where can we find more of your nuggets of wisdom? How can we find out about your work? Well, your, your first test is to be able to spell my name because um, that is, you know, I only work with people who can spell my name because you can't find me if you can't spell my name. So Instagram is my main place that I like to hang out and it's at Sarah Dalrymple one and it's Sarah without an H. So S-A-R-A and then it's Dalrymple because, you know, husband, uh, D-A-L-R-Y-M for mother, P-L-E one. Uh, so yeah come and hang out on Instagram that's where I like I like to just deliver daily tips on how to get how to get more comfortable selling basically how to what to do how to do it unscare unscare the sale if that's a word which we know it isn't but we'll go with it we'll make it a word unscare yeah <laughs> I love that amazing Sarah it has been such a delight talking to you thank you so oh. much I've had the best time. Thanks so much. What a fun way to spend half an hour. (laughs) You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. As ever, if you did enjoy it, please do remember to rate, review and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to spread the word. And you can find the show notes for this episode over at amylayton.com. All right. Have a great one. Catch you next week.